You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Hey, good morning, Radiant Church. You guys feeling well this morning, I hope, I pray. Awesome, awesome. And welcome to uh, those who are watching online as well. Well, hey, I am excited for our special guest this weekend, Pastor Matt McClure and his wife. They are the pastors of Takeover Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they are a part of the Radiant Network. And uh, Matt and I have kind of known each other for the last couple of years. We've we've hung out at different uh, Radiant Network events, but... We never really had a chance to really talk deeply, and last night was so incredible, so encouraging to sit down with him and his wonderful wife and to just hear their passion and their fire for, for God, of course, and then the local church as well. And, and rumor has it that in 2018, they started Takeover Church with $82 in a word from God. And so they didn't know how it was going to happen. They just knew the what and being obedient to their Savior. They started the church, and now they have a thriving congregation, uh, just reaching all types of young people, all ages actually, for Jesus and his kingdom. And so would you help me welcome, make some noise for Pastor Matt McClure. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man, if you don't mind... Radiant BC, would you stand to your feet? There is one in the room who is worthy of a far greater applause than myself. Can we just make some noise for King Jesus? Come on. One. Keep going. Two, three, four, five, six. Keep going. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Praise God. Amen. And if you wouldn't mind, would you stay standing for just one moment? It's an honor and privilege to be here to serve you this way this morning, but I got to tell you about your pastors. I'm sure most of you already know, but pastors Marco and Carrie are absolutely incredible. They are faith-filled. They live in the fear of God. They are planted in the Word of God. They are driven by the Spirit of God, and they are faithful pastors. And I got to tell you, you are absolutely blessed to have them. And I'm not just saying that because we're friends. I'm saying that because they are absolutely incredible, and they are a model to so many of us who are just coming up in the in the in the pastoral ministry. And I got to tell you what, you are safe in their hands. They they will, they will keep a watchful eye over you. They will raise you up into life and godliness, and they are fantastic. Can we just thank them for all they do? Come on. We love you. We love you. And give it up for my girl, Victoria, as well, the greatest admin in the game. Maybe you don't know Victoria. You should meet her. She's the admin here at Bay City, and uh, she's awesome. But have a seat. Have a seat. It's uh, so good to be with you this morning. Yes, yeah, Pastor Marco mentioned, my wife and I, we pastor a... Uh, a Green Beret Battalion of the Lord's Misfits in Grand Rapids, Michigan called Takeover Church. And uh, it's our heart just to see Jesus take over lives. That's what we do. We are interested in making a space. We got a great word from the Lord in 2018. We were walking around downtown Grand Rapids and he just said, Matt, I take part in a lot of churches, but I didn't come to take part. I came to take over. And I was like, let's go. That's all I need, Lord. I will give you my life for this. And that's uh, really what the last five years have looked like for us. And so it is a credible privilege and honor of my life to be with you this morning. And so we're going to open up the Word of God. Y'all got your, note, your notepads open? 
Where are my note takers at? Let me see you. My favorites. My favorites. All right. Bust out your notepads. Get out your note app. Get ready to abuse them because we are a note-taking church. At least a takeover, but I believe you are here too. And uh, we are just going to pull the Holy Spirit ripcord and uh, pray the Lord takes us by the hand this morning. Does that sound good? All right. If you're taking notes, the title of my message this morning is Fire Upon the Earth. Fire Upon the Earth. Fire Upon the Earth. Does that sound good? Who loves their Bible? Who loves their B-I-B-L-E? It's the book for me. Bat, well, come on. Bust that bad Jackson open. We're coming out of Luke 12, 49 through 53. If you don't have a Bible, um, I'm sure there's a faithful Christian in the, in the house today that will buy you one. Uh, if not, I'm sure Pastor Marco, we got extras, right? Yeah, we got Bibles. We're a church. Um, it's good, but Luke 12, 49 through 53. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the Sky Bible behind me. And can we just honor the soundboard team, the AV team? Come on, make some noise for them. <laughs> unsung heroes they make everything we do up here so much better all right Luke 12 49 through 53 here we go I came to cast fire on the earth and would that it were already kindled I have a baptism to be baptized with and how great is my distress how great is my distress Jesus says until it is accomplished do you think that I have come to give peace on earth no I tell you but rather division from now on in one house there will be five divided three against two two against three they will be divided father against son son against father mother against daughter daughter against mother mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law Law, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So we're going to take a minute, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray the Lord reveals and illuminates the scripture to us this morning. Does that sound good? Fantastic. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Lord, it is the honor and privilege of our lives to serve you. It is the honor and privilege of our lives, Lord, to be counted among your sons and your daughters. God, I am so grateful this morning for the sacrifice that was made through the ransom blood of Jesus Christ on the cross so that me and all my friends here today, God, we could enter into this greater story, to this greater family, to the kingdom of God, Lord. So I pray right now that the Holy Spirit, Lord, you just release him to do a mighty work in this place. Holy Spirit, we hand the service over to you. We say, Holy Spirit, come. We speak to every principality and unwarranted spirit above Bay City right now. The principality of addiction, the principality of adultery, the principality of broken families, the principality of poverty, the principalities of bondage that sit above this region and have pulled the strings like a demonic puppet master for far too long. We tell you, you've got to go. You are not welcome here. There is one spirit welcome in this house, and his name is the Holy Spirit. Any other spirit in the room, spirit of addiction, spirit of suicide, spirit of sexual immorality, we say you go back to hell from which you came. Holy Spirit, come and set us ablaze for the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name, a faith-filled, burning believer set. Amen. Amen. Can we just praise God one more time? Come on. Oh, let's get it. Come on, Jesus. He is in the room, isn't he? He is here. He is ruling. He is reigning. His word is going forth, and we pray that it takes us deep this morning. Amen. Fire upon the earth. Fire upon the earth. Because I like threes, fire upon the earth. I love this passage of scripture, and I love this plea from Jesus. I love this 
demand from Jesus. I love Jesus' mission statement. You see, right now, we live in a time and a place where it seems like everybody and their mother has an opinion on Jesus, has an opinion of who he is, what he came to do, whether he was truly who he says he is or he was a lunatic. People have all these varying opinions, and we live in a time and place with CNN and Fox News and Daily Wire and TikToks and Instagrams and all of these places we are going to to get an opinion on who Jesus is, what Jesus set out to do, and what he came to accomplish, and we find ourselves going everywhere but the living word of God. I am telling you, Jesus is quite clear who he is. Jesus is quite clear what he is. And Jesus is quite clear in what he came to accomplish in the earth. Amen. It is a high tide that the church, the living, breathing body and bride of Christ, opened up their swords again and got in the word of God. Preaching to anybody this morning. Come on. Pastor Marco said you were the Holy Spirit-filled service. He said you were going to ride the wave in this service. I got some Holy Spirit believers in the house. Come on. Come on. We're about to po- we are about to pop the clutch in this Pentecostal house. You know what I'm saying? But I love the Word of God. See, the problem that I think we run in today is that we've got all these different sources that we've been going to drink from. I think the problem today is that we have a plethora of wells and we have abandoned the living well that offers us life and life to the full. Amen. I think the problem is, is that we find ourselves going to all these different sources instead of going to the lamb's mouth himself, the Christ's mouth himself, to hear what he spoke about himself to us, his people. And that's why we've been left dry We've been left thirsty. We've been left parsed, hungry, hangry. Some of us, come on, got the Christian hangers in the house. You know you do. That person needs to eat, and I'm not talking about, anyways, bread of life. But that's where we find ourselves today, where Christians are going to every other source except the source. And I got to tell you today, church, I came to tell you with one thing in mind, and that is that in this hour, we are in desperate need. The church in general, not just you, not just me and Grand Rapids at Takeover Church, the church, the burning bride of Jesus, we are in desperate need of a revelation of Jesus Christ again. I am telling you, yeah, come on, somebody. I am telling you what, some of us, we are so wrapped up in perpetual sin, perpetual bondage, perpetual brokenness. We are just stuck in this cycle of breakdown to breakdown to breakdown to breakdown to breakdown. But the Lord declares in his word that we go from what? Glory to glory, strength to strength, and hope to hope. Amen? So if we're not going glory to glory, hope to hope, it's strength to strength, but we're going from beat down to beat down to breakdown to breakdown. How many of you know there's a problem? There's a problem. I came to tell you today that we are in desperate need of a revelation of Jesus Christ again because I am telling you, he is quite clear on who he is. And Jesus, if you don't know, he holds a revelation of himself and that he desires you and I alike to hold the very revelation of Jesus that Jesus holds of himself. Well, Pastor Matt, why is this prevalent to me today? How does this work in my normal life? What does this mean? How is this beyond theological concepts, and how is this reality? Because Jesus is life itself. The Apostle Peter, he said, Lord, where else will we go? You are the one who holds the words to life itself. You are life itself, the bread of life. Amen. It's who he is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. So it's high tide that we get the same revelation of Jesus Christ that he has of himself. I am telling you, friends, he is coming back, and he is coming back for a burning people. 
A burning body and a burning bride. That is his mission. That is what he's come for. And that is his game plan in the earth still to this day. Friends, I am telling you, you have got to fall in love with the revelation of who Jesus is. I think a lot of us share and hold a lot of opinions on who Jesus is, but our opinions can burn in the glory of God because there is one revelation of who he is, and it comes straight from the lamb's mouth himself. Amen? And if we don't hold that, we will live impotent, powerless, defeated lives. Do I have anybody in here who wants to live in perpetual beatdown? I didn't think so. My wife was quick on the draw with that one. My beautiful bride, Adrienne, is with me. We've been married eight years, uh, together ten, and somehow she has put up with me. There's some wives in here who are like, yeah, he seems like he's a lot. He seems like he's a lot. But this is what we've got to live for. This is what we've got to contend for. This is what we've got to plead for. This is what we've got to shed tears for. This revelation of Jesus Christ is so in desperate need. It is a low commodity. You want to talk about inflation? The inflation of a million opinions on Jesus, all but his, is running rampant in his church, let alone the world. Come on, somebody. We need the revelation of the lamb that was slain. We need his revelation. I am telling you today, friends, if you hold a revelation of Jesus that is anything outside of a desire to create for himself a burning people, a burning body, and a burning bride, then what you have been sold is a lie. It is the Wish app, dollar store, discount version of Jesus, and it needs to burn in the glory of God so that the resurrection and the life revelation of Jesus can come to fruition and manifestation in and through our lives. Amen. It's got to be him, and it's got to be the real thing. How many of you know there ain't nothing like the real thing, baby? There ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. I am telling you, there is a place where you and I can get to. In our relationship with Jesus, where his desire to not just burn upon the earth, but burn within his bride and burn through his bride ultimately, isn't just an idea and isn't just something we strive for. It is something that we live in. It's something that we reproduce. It's something that spitfires off of us and contaminates an entire region. I got anybody who wants to see Jesus take over Bay City. It's what he came to do. It's his mission. So many of us, we're obsessed with Jesus as, as, as simply just a wisdom guy, as simply as, as someone who just has a lot of good life lessons, as someone who's our life coach. He's not our Lord. The problem with this today, is, friends, is that so many of us Christians, we live with the revelation of Jesus as simply Savior, but not a revelation of Jesus as Lord. This is a problem. Well, Pastor Matt, why is this a problem? Jesus is my Savior. I love it. I would rather you say Jesus is my Savior than Jesus is my homeboy. However, y'all remember those t-shirts? Don't act like you don't. Some of us, we old enough to own those, 32 in this place. We know. We know. But Jesus, we, we, we have a massive problem called Jesus is my Savior. We want Jesus to be our Savior because we love that he will save us from our past sins but we don't want Jesus as Lord because we don't want him to be the architect of our future. I am telling you, come on today, you know it. There's a symptom in the church in this hour where we are so grateful for a Lord who makes a way for us to return to him and covers our past, but we don't really want him to Lord over our future. But I am telling you this, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. He's not Lord at all. If he's not Lord of all, not just all people, but all things within the person, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. 
Some of us, we love Jesus as our Savior, but we have yet to realize there is Jesus as our Lord. And I'm telling you this, friends, I'm telling you this. You get the revelation today of Jesus as Lord. It will blow away the Lordship, the Saviorship that you have found in that. You're like, yeah, it's so great that he keeps saving me. But what happens when Jesus no longer has to keep continually saving you from your perpetual mess, but instead you live in the grace and mercy and walk out as a fire-burning, fire-wielding son and daughter of God in absolute freedom and liberation. Whom the sun sets free is? Oh, come on, Bay City. Whom the sun sets free? Come on. How about this one? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is? Oh, say it like you're Scottish. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is? Freedom! Come on, we know it. But if this is what the Word of God says, if this is what Jesus came to do, if this is a part of who He is, then why have we not seen it? Why does it seem like there was a fire-wielding, fire-breathing church at one point in time, 2,000 years ago? But why do, why do we feel like we're, we're impotent and absent? His power. Why, why, why today does it look so different? What did we do some of us, we fell in love with the lesser Jesus. We fell in love with the Jesus who only demands our past but not our future. We fell in love with Jesus who only asks us to hand over our mistakes but not our actions. We fell in love with the Jesus who, oh, I just feel the Lord is on this this morning. I feel like right now he is, he is coming in and he is ransacking some of our hearts in the room right now. Some of us have only ever given him our sin. Friends, let me tell you today, sin is not sacrifice. You don't sacrifice your sin. That's called consecration. That's called holiness. That's expected of the Christian. We go without sin to go into his glory. That's a part of following Jesus. We don't sacrifice our sin on his altar. No, we sacrifice the things that he loves, his, our praise, our worship, our lives, our obedience. Amen. I'm telling you, a worthy sacrifice that is good and pleasing to Jesus, one that he can burn upon, isn't simply your past and your mistakes. Jesus covers that, and that's the entryway. There's something beyond the threshold. Friends, I'm preaching this morning. There's something beyond the threshold. There's something beyond the threshold. Begin to ask yourself this morning. Take an inventory. What is beyond the threshold? Jesus is the way and the truth and the life into what? Into what? It can't just simply be that you were a bad man and became a good man, that you were a bad woman and became a good woman. No, he came to kill whatever you were and then resurrect your life in his image and likeness and live through you. Amen? Come on. There has got to be more in Christ than simply our Savior who saves us from perpetual mistakes and perpetual beatdowns. There's got to be a point in your Christianity where you mature up into your salvation is the language Peter uses. You mature up into your salvation. The bride grows up into Lord Jesus as the head, amen? There's got to be a point where sin breaks off its strongholds on our lives and grace takes up the stronghold in our life and we move in the power of God. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. I'm telling you, this is more than just a theological concept. It's actually what Jesus came to do. The problem is, we don't hold the same revelation of Jesus that he holds of himself. And if we don't hold that same revelation that Jesus holds of himself, how can we ever hold the revelation of us that Jesus holds of us? If you don't believe who he is by his words, you won't believe who you are by his words. Surely, if we don't believe he is who he says he is, how can we even begin to fathom we are who he says we are? I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. 
I'm reminded of the words of David, just who am I? The Lord is mindful of me. You are his body. You are his people. You are his bride. Lord God is preparing a burning bride in the earth that he will return Jesus for. Amen? Come on, somebody. I am telling you. We have got to get it in us today. There is a revelation of Jesus that if we tapped into, I am telling you, you get one look at what he has, one look at who he is, the fire in his eyes. Come on, somebody. Who can marry the one who has fire in his eyes except a bride who has fire in hers as well? Ezekiel describes him in a vision as fire from the waist up and the waist down. What can marry this bridegroom Jesus consumed in fire except a bride too consumed in fire? I am telling you today, the power of God has always been in God's heart. God has always desired the fire. The problem is I'm not sure the bride always has. You see, because I look at the scripture, and I love this scripture, because it's gripped me. We as a church, we have taken all of 2023 to literally steward the word fire upon the earth. We are not moving. We are not changing. We are not shifting. We're not going to have a relationship series, although I think those are great. We're not going to have a financial series, although I think those are helpful. We're not going to have any of those things. I have nothing witty. I have nothing fun. It's the same graphics since January 1, and it's going to be the same graphics until December, okay? We're not moving from this. Because we are stewarding this. We need to get this in our region again. And I believe you need it in your region as well. That Jesus Christ longs to burn in Bay City. Man, how many CBD shops y'all got? There's a lot of burning in this city. Is there Christ burning in this city? Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Oh, could we not talk about pot in church? Can we not talk like sin isn't happening outside these doors? Who are we? Come on, somebody. I'm believing there's going to be a bride in this region that pierces the veil, that pierces the veil into those principalities and pulls them down by the burning word of God. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. It's who he is. It's who you are. It's what you were made to do. But friends, if you and I, if we don't desire the fire, we'll never acquire the fire. If you and I don't desire the fire, we will never acquire the fire. Fire has been God's desire from the beginning. And however, so often it's not been ours at all. Most Christians I know today, they wait till I've been saved a little bit. I've been church a little bit. I've been, you know, I got to get a use to this place before I start serving. I got I to gotta be saved a little bit before I start giving words. I don't know if I can trust that, vo- that still small voice on the inside of me. I mean, it's not my thoughts. It's not sinful thoughts. So it's got to be from God. But I don't know if I can trust myself to give that word or how to do. Come on. I don't remember a single scripture of Peter ever having a set of training wheels. And he's the one we all should be modeled after because he made the most mistakes. Leads the early church before Jesus died. He denied him three times and one of them to a little girl. No offense against little ladies. Love y'all. God bless you. You're going to be awesome faith giants in the world. But you denied Jesus to a little girl. Come on, somebody. She didn't have a sword or nothing. Peter, come on. Who loves him? But this is true. Friends, if you and I, if we don't first desire the fire, we'll never acquire the fire. God desires his body to be burning upon the earth, and yet somehow we've become worshipers. Some of us are great worshipers, by the way. We we are great worshipers. We are great worshipers of worship songs. We are great worshipers of great preachers. We are great worshipers of great churches and movements. But I'm concerned that there's a symptom in the church today that we're not great worshipers of God. 
Some of us more closely follow our favorite preachers on Instagram than we do Jesus in real life. Some of us say, yeah, come on. Some of us are greater followers of the latest worship song than we are the ones the songs are about. I am telling you this morning, friends, there is a great awakening that's happening in the earth right now. And it is a groan in the spirit that is saying, come, my bride, burn upon me. Come, my bride, let me burn within you so I can burn on you and I can burn through you. I'm appreciating anybody this morning. Jesus' chief concern was to come so he could burn upon, burn within, and then burn through. Amen? And can I tell you, by the saving grace of God, he doesn't intend to burn without any of you as well. Come on. Praise Jesus one time. It's who he is. It's who he is. And so this passage of scripture, it gripped me. It gripped me deep. It is the thing that has just absolutely taken a hold of my heart this whole entire year. And I just, I've never seen it the way that it was. You see, Jesus, he lays out his game plan. He's like, I came to cast fire upon the earth. And then he said, and I would if it were already kindled. If it was already kindled, I would. I would light this thing on fire. If Israel would have remained faithful to the covenant of God that we made with them in the days of old, man, we could have this thing going already. But instead, in the heart of God is a son who would come, who would make a way for everyone to come and be at the foot of the cross of Jesus and in the family of God. Amen? We're all been, we've all been adopted into the kingdom of heaven but not of all of us live like we are adopted into the kingdom of heaven. And I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm talking about power. I'm talking about power. Friends, if you know anything about Jesus, which I hope that you do, I think this morning we need to take a deep inventory of what we actually believe about Jesus and what we don't believe about Jesus. Does our revelation of him line up with his revelation of him? Some of us were so scared of the book of Revelation that we're like, I don't want to open the book of Revelation. It's scary. It's crazy stuff. It's the end of the world, yada, yada, yada. It's not called the Revelation of the end times. It's called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a whole book by him to tell you about him, what he likes, what he doesn't like, when he comes, when he doesn't come, what he likes to sing, what he doesn't like to sing. It's all in there. You should open it up sometime. Don't let it make you weird. Let it make you holy. Appreciate anybody this morning? Yeah, come on. Someone's going to subtweet that to one of their friends. <laughs> Let it make you holy, not make it weird. It's good. But what we know about Jesus is Jesus is what? He's the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. Did you know that? In the beginning, we know it, Genesis, right? In the beginning was God the Father, and with God was the Spirit of God hovering above the earth, and with God was the Word of God, and the Word of God was God. And then John tells us in his gospel that the Word of God put on flesh and dwelt among us. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. This is who Jesus is. He is the living embodiment word of God. And he comes and he says, point blank, the context is king, everybody. He is talking to his disciples. He is talking to Pharisees and all of the onlookers and oncomers in the community around him. He's preaching a message. And he is preaching about what it looks like to be a readied people for when he returns. He is talking about what God fancies, what God is all about, what God is in love with, what God is affectionate towards. This is Jesus' prime motivation in this moment is to tell you. You and me, what he looks for. God has a type. It's burning. Preaching anybody this morning. God has a type. She's burning. She is on fire. And this is who he is preparing for his son to return for. And Jesus makes it quite clear. I have come to set fire upon the earth. Well, in the beginning, the word of God went forth. And the word of God went forth to nothing. And God said, to nothing, let there be light. And there was light. 
But here we have the word of God speak forth, let there be fire upon the earth. And yet, as I take inventory to my left and to my right and to up and down, I'm asking, where's the fire? Where's the fire? I, I, I got so gripped with this over, over Christmas and the holiday that the Lord just met me in this place last year. And I began to look at the church in the West. And I began to look at the church in the East. And then I looked at America. And I looked at the church in the North and the church in the South. And then I turned my guns inward and I looked at my own house that I'm, I am the steward of Takeover Church Grand Rapids. Is there a fire? Jesus desires a fire. Where's the fire? In fact, he spoke it. He spoke it into creation. That means what can stop the word of God? We know the word of God says the word of God goes forth and does not return void, but is faithful to accomplish the very need and nature of how it was set forth, right? We know this. So where's the fire? Radiant, city of the bay. Can I ask you this morning, where's the fire? Where's the fire? Turn, turn, turn the question, turn the gun inward. Where's the fire? Because as I was gripped by this, I started looking, and, and Jesus, he actually uses the language, we'll get to this part in a second, but he uses the language that I am in great distress. I am in great distress that this would happen, that this fire would come. And I'm looking at this, and I'm going, he gave me a great distress. I'm like, yeah, where, where, where is the fire? Because, because as I understand it, the word of God is full of God's creative power. It has, has universe creation living in every syllable. The second the L in light got past God's lift, light began. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And so Jesus has the same L, let there be fire upon the earth, and yet there was a sparkle and a sizzle for a few years after him. But then we have 2,000 years of church history, and I'm going, why do we not still have the fire? Where's the fire? Where's the shadows of Peter that would heal the lame in the streets? Where's the cloth of Paul's apron that he wore when he was building tents that was sent to those sick and demonized? And we saw demons flee upon touching it and sickness run for the hills when it came into the home. Where is the fire? Where's the fire? Because for some of us, this has to move beyond a theological concept. And this has to move into reality. Can I tell you, those who actually believe the word of God often see the word of God? Think about that for a second. Those that actually believe the word of God actually see the word of God. It plays out. It manifests. So why isn't it happening here? Is it because that we've found a way to manufacture all of the things we think carry his presence but doesn't actually manifest his presence? Have we gotten so good at putting church on that we have the LED screens and we have the smog, the smog and fog machines and we've got all the really cool toys and gadgets and we can make it look like church is popping. We can make it look like God is moving. We can fool the human eye, but what does heaven's eye see upon his throne? Is he in that room moving amongst his lampstands? Or has he never stepped foot in some of these places? See, I love fog machines. Yours is really great. It's quiet. I love LED screens. I love the lights and I love the fun, but these are all great servants, but they make terrible masters. I love your pastors. I love your pastors. The second you start worshiping them over Jesus, they are terrible masters, but while they are great servants. I am telling you today, friends, we live in a celebrity church Christian culture, 
And I'm sitting here going, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Because I see a lot of lights, but I don't see a whole lot of fire. I see a lot of motion graphics, but not a lot of motion in the body. Friends, can I tell you today that you, you will reach. Let me say this on behalf of your pastors. You will reach people in this city that pastors Marco and Carrie never will. But how you reach them will be completely contingent upon how hot you are burning. Can I tell you this morning that you will reach people. They will not pastor your family as good as you will, Father. They will not pastor your family as good as you will, Mother. They will not pastor your workplace as good as they will, or as good as you will. They will not pastor your friends as good as you will. They will not pastor, come on somebody, your enemies as well as you can. I am telling you today, there is a time and a place for Bay City where Holy Spirit filled on fire for God believers are walking in the midst of the darkness and the tragedy and all of the things that are plaguing this city and we are seeing chains broken off. I'm telling you today, the Lord desires this fire, but I'm concerned, do we desire the fire? Do we love a birdbath deep sip of water to get us through the week? Or are we trying to be submerged in the living well? What do we go to? How do we desire? What are we interested in? I got to ask today because I'm telling you, friends, if you believe the whole of the scroll, you would prophesy the whole of the scroll. That's what Jesus said to John in the book of Revelations. If you eat the whole of the scroll, you will prophesy the whole of the scroll. And I'm wondering today. Do we believe, have we eaten the whole of the scroll? And a great litmus test for if you have or have not is whether you prophesy, whether you preach, whether you've brought the whole of the scroll to your workplace and your friends and your family and your community at large. This is what Jesus came to do. Jesus is ridden, he says. He says, I am in great distress. I have this baptism that I am waiting for, that I have came for, that I am pleading for, that I'm excited about, and I am in great distress until it comes to pass. You know what's interesting? Context is king. You gotta let scripture interpret scripture, amen? What's amazing is we only see Jesus two times in the whole entire word of God, distressed. Two times. It's in this moment talking about his baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's in the second moment where he is alone in the garden, sweating blood, praying that the, pat, the wrath of God's cup could pass from him. But if it cannot, Lord, you have my yes, is what Jesus says. He's in distress two times. But you and I, we read distress and we see it from a human's lens, don't we? We see distress and we think about how we're in distress. And often, you and I, when we're in distress, we're actually in sin. When you and I are in distress, we're in sin. We're worried that God doesn't have it because we feel like we're out of control. Just because you're out of control doesn't mean he's out of control. Just because things are going haywire for you don't mean they're haywire in heaven. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? But so often that's how we read this. And so we read this and we're like, oh man, Jesus is in chaos. Jesus is in confusion. He's like, when is it going to come? God, uh. Jesus doesn't lose his cool like you and I do. Jesus in this moment, he is not in distress in a sinful way. He's not in distress in a fearful way. He's not in distress in a judgment against God kind of way like you and I so often are guilty of finding ourselves in. 
Instead, friends, Jesus is in distress because Jesus recognizes the urgency of the hour in which he lives in. Friends, can I ask you this morning, are you in distress for the things of God because of the urgency of the hour in which you live in? Do you share in Jesus' distress that we need another infilling of the Holy Spirit, that we need revival to come to the Bay Area, we need revival to come to Bay City and Cebuing and Saginaw and all of these areas. We need the Spirit of the living God who is able to overcome the principalities of darkness in high places, to save those that are still far from God, to use his burning bride to create a fire upon the earth. Friends, there will never be a fire upon the earth if there's first not a fire upon the bride, and there will never be a fire upon the bride if there's not first a fire within the bride. And friends, finally, there will never be a fire within the bride if there's not first a fire desire within the bride. I'm appreciating anybody this morning. We've got to desire the same things that Jesus desired. But so often, we want vending machine Jesus. We think we put a dollar in of obedience, and we're going to get an awesome bag of Doritos. It's not how it works. We don't have a transactional God. We have a transformational God. You die, he lives. You die, he lives. It's not transactional, it's transformational. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The last time since the garden God created anything new was with Jesus' blood on the cross creating you and me. Preaching to anybody this morning? Telling you. I'm telling you this morning. He desires a fire upon the earth and friends. Are we going to be the church in this region that gives it to him? Are we going to be like John the Baptist, a screaming wild man in the, in the hills, preparing the way for the Lord? Is that what Radiant BC will be? Will we actually live differently? Will we actually speak differently? Will we actually move and invest our money and raise our kids and do all these things differently? Do we look like the revelation of Jesus or do we look like the revelation of the last leadership coach we listened to's podcast? You see, friends, I love Jesus with everything in me. He saved me from the pits at 16, coming from an abusive household like you've never seen. The night before, he, my father abused the ever-living out of me, and I met Jesus the very next day. And I've been walking with Jesus and in full-time ministry two weeks after that ever since. I love him. And when I was going over my notes and I was preparing for this moment, he gave me three B's, and, and I'm not really a point guy. I'm a let's get it guy. But he's like, I'm looking for a broken, burdened, burning bride. I'm looking for a broken, burdened, burning bride. I pray today that we begin to pray, that the Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. We love that old song. We love that old hymnal. We, we love that old word. Break my heart for what breaks yours. We love to sing it. We love to play it. It gets us going. We love it. But not a whole lot of us are living it. What if, because if you think about somebody who's broken, what? Brokenness, their brokenness infiltrates every part of their life, doesn't it? Every single conversation you have traces back to their area of brokenness. 
Every single thing that they're going through, victory or defeat, goes right back to their brokenness. Every decision they make financially or with, their, or with their family or whatever the situation or case may be goes right back to an area of brokenness that they still have yet to see resurrected in the Lord Jesus. What if every single area in our life led back to our brokenness towards Jesus? What if every conversation we had led back to how we are broken for the things of God? How we're broken for Bay City to know Jesus for real? How we're broken for our church to know Jesus for real? How we're broken for our kids to know Jesus for real? Like, where does this junior Holy Spirit come from? There is no junior Holy Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit, and he longs to live and burn upon five-year-olds as much as 50-year-olds. Come on, somebody. What if we were broken for the things of God? And what about the burden? You ever met the burden? God, they just walk around. They're so heavy. They're so weighty. They got so much on their shoulders, and it just feels like nothing can go right. Everything is going wrong, and they have the worst outlook in the world, don't they? They live with just the most dim glasses on. But what if instead of being burdened like the world is burdened, we are burdened like Christ is burning for the burning? What if we were burdened like Christ is burdened, where we were in distress, and we were like, no, my friends, they, they go to church, but they need the Holy Spirit. My friends, they go to church, but they're not in the word of God. My friends, they go to church, but they're not living it. Our Lord, help me to help them live it. What if we were like the broken, but the sanctified version of the burdened, and we were just living with the heaviness and a weight of the revelation and fear of God, and every move we took, every step we made, every single thing that we did, trace back to a deep burden for the things of God. How would you love your kids? How would you raise your family? How would you love your girlfriend? How would you pursue your boyfriend? How would you live in purity before you're married? How would you speak to a world that is certainly on its way to hell? Would you stand in the gap and plead the blood of Jesus, just burden for this world that he loves, he wants, he desires? Would you be burdened to speak truth when so many lies are being literally enacted into legislation? But thank God we don't have a Lord who sits on the throne of legislation, but we got a Lord who sits on the throne of salvation. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? It's who he is. And then there's the burning. Then there's the burning. I see a lot of places and a lot of homes and a lot of people and a lot of workplaces. They are a hot mess, as the kids say these days. I don't know if they're still saying it, but they did when I was young. And we see a lot of homes on fire, but they're not on fire for the Lord. They're on fire because of addiction. They're on fire because of adultery. They're on fire because of pornography. They're on fire because kids are being raised in a world that is not submitted to God and they have questions. It's on fire because people got married outside of the church and outside of how God designed things and so now they get saved afterwards and they're trying to blend two lives together and make them one as Jesus says with no idea how to do that we see a lot of fires but how many of those fires of the fire of God very few I'd say so what if you and I what if we live with the same distress I mean Jesus is willing to say this is going to divide families he's the prince of peace he didn't come to make peace we got a lot of preachers out here. We're preaching, we're supposed to be peacemakers. No, no, what you really mean is peacekeepers. Jesus didn't come for peacekeepers. He came for peacemakers. He is the prince of peace. He offers peace. He is peace. He comes in the midst of the chaos. But you and I, we're not called to keep the peace between people. We're called to make peace between people and God. Well, what's going to give you steel in your spine to do that? 
What's going to give you the anointing? What's going to give you the fire of God shut up in your bones like the prophet Jeremiah that I can't help but preach? Friends, I am telling you, you will have ministries that will exceed mine the second you get the fire. You will have ministries that exceed Radiant BC once you get the fire. Your personal ministry, your workplace, your homes, your families will be set ablaze for the glory of God the second you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I mean for real, for real. You see, friends, that's good. Come on. The Lord finally came. It's good. You see, friends, Jesus was in distress long before the cross came. Because while he may be Emmanuel, God with us, he longed for the Holy Spirit, God within us. Jesus knew, I can do 12 I can feed 5,000, I can do these things, but in order to create for myself a burning people, a burning body, and a burning bride, I can't just be God with them, I've gotta be God within them. And so he said, if you wait here, Acts 1 and 2, my Father will send the Holy Spirit. I gotta go be with my Father, but when that happens, he will send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will fall upon you, he will fill you, he will dance upon you, he will burn on you, within you, and through you, would you stand, church? This morning, I'm going to invite the prayer team up. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these next few moments before we release you. And really what's going to happen is this. In fact, I'm going to invite my amazing prayer warrior of a wife, Adrienne, down. You got some hounds of hell on your heels, she will break them. I'm telling you this this morning, Radiant BC. You and I, we got the same goal. You want to be a radiant people. We want to be a fire-filled people. We have the same goal. Difference is whether we're going to take Jesus up on his invitation to be the burning body, people, and bride of Christ that radiates, that radiates the light and love of Jesus in the city of the bay. So friends, right now what we're gonna do is this. We're gonna open up a moment of prayer. Maybe this is new for you. Maybe this is your first time ever hearing something like this. That's okay. Maybe you're like, oh, pastor's about to call me out. I most certainly am but I will not embarrass you. But instead, I'm going to extend the same invitation that Jesus has extended for 2,000 years, and it's this. I'm going to start praying, and if you're feeling a tug on you right now, or even just cognitively, you recognize I've not been burning with the same passion and zeal that I've been called to, that I know is available to. I've not been laying hands on my coworkers. I've not been praying for my wives and kids. I've not been reaching out to people who have offended me 15 years ago. I've not been doing things that Jesus did. If that's you, I'm going to extend an invitation for absolutely no shame. The only shame in this act would be a shame if you left here today without more of the Holy Spirit presence in your life. Amen? 
So right now, I invite you forward. Come get prayer. I'm going to pray. We're going to continue to let the worship just ring out in this moment. If you want to get a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, pray to pause some chains to break off you. This is your moment. Don't wait for me to shut up. I'm just going to pray now. Make your way forward. I promise you, even if you're unsure, this is for you. Take a step of faith. Walk forward and ask humbly, Lord, fill me again. Fill me afresh. I'm going to pray as we do. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we ask that right now you would begin to move in a mighty way. I pray over our prayer team, God, that every single word that departs from their mouth would be laced with the fire of heaven. That every single word that comes from their mouth, God, would go in through the hearers of the word and they would come alive on the inside. That right now, Holy Spirit, you would come. You would move in such a fresh way in this place. If you want to receive more of the Holy Spirit, just begin to lift your hands right now Holy Spirit we ask that you would descend upon this place that the Holy Dove would come but he wouldn't just come he would remain that the Lord you would move in such a mighty way in radiant Bay City that Bay City would truly be a radiant region a region on fire a region set apart a region consecrated to Christ and set apart for him and his glory alone God Father, I pray right now that you would just begin to move. You would convict your sons and your daughters. If you're a father in this house and your wife isn't moving or your kids isn't moving in the prevalent power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring them forward right now. If you're a mother in this house, if you're a wife in this house, and you know your husband isn't burning with the power of God the way he should, I pray you bring him forward right now. Right now, we're going to see sons and daughters begin to lead their families to the power of God. So Holy Spirit, we love you. We love you. We thank you for filling us. We thank you for setting us on fire. God, we thank you for the great plan that you have in the earth for your church. And we are so grateful to be a part of it. And we just say, yes, Lord, you have my hands. You have my heart. You have my head. You have everything in me, God. I give you every ounce of me for everything that you offer, which is every ounce of you. In Jesus' mighty name, Holy Spirit, come and fill us up. In Christ's almighty name, amen. Can we praise God? We're going to stay in this moment.